Al-Bayan Radio presents The Life of Prophet Muhammad, Peace be upon him Presented by Nidal Ayyubi Bismillah, Alhamdulillah Salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Assalamu alaikum my dear brothers Welcome back to our Sira classes Today we will discuss What was the training or the education Of the early believers What were they taught what did the Prophet ﷺ concentrate on? And this will give us a hint, as it's alluded to and mentioned and indicated in the Qur'an and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, where to start when calling others to Islam. So no doubt that the first thing the Prophet ﷺ called them to, as we're going to discuss, is Tawheed, to worship Allah alone, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we'll come back to that. But a question, did the early believers pray five times a day, like we do today in the early Meccan stage? No? Everyone agree? That's right. The five prayers a day were legislated when? The Isra al-Mi'raj which happened, as we're going to discuss, as the ulama said, towards the end of the Meccan stage. Remember we said the Da'wah is the Meccan stage and the Medina stage or period. The Meccan stage was the first 13 years of the Da'wah. Then 10 years afterwards or 11 years afterwards in Medina. So towards the end there, the 11th year or so, the Prophet ﷺ was taken on the miraculous journey from Mecca to Al-Aqsa, Jerusalem, and then through the uh, heavens where the prayer was legislated directly from Allah to the Prophet Muhammad But was there any other form of prayer? That's the question now that presents itself. Did they pray some sort of, some sort of prayer? The answer is yes. The Prophet ﷺ and his companions used to pray before the five prayers were made obligatory. Now where the discussion is interesting is how, when would they pray, and so on and so forth. As the ulama, they said, prayer was originally enjoined in Mecca at the beginning of Islam because there are Meccan verses. And what do we refer here to Meccan verses in the first 13 years before the Hijrah? Madani Surah or Ayat is after the, river, after the Hijrah. There are Meccan verses that were revealed at the beginning of the Prophet's mission that encourage prayer, that encourage prayer. Ibn Hajar, he said, Rahimahullah, the great scholar, and Ibn Hajar is the scholar who done one of the best commentaries on Sahihul Bukhari, the most authentic book after the Quran, and it's called Fathul Bari. He said, Rahimahullah, before the Isra, before the Isra al-Mi'raj, the Prophet wasallam definitely used to pray as did his companions radiyallahu anhum. But there is a scholarly difference of opinion as to whether any kind of prayer was made obligatory before the five daily prayers or not. It was said that what was obligatory at first was prayer before the sunrise and prayer before the sunset, twice a day. And the evidence for this is in the ayah which Allah says, وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ قَبْلَ طُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ وَقَبْلَ غُرُوبِهَا And exalt or glorify your Lord before the rising of the sun and before its setting in Surah Taha and other similar ayat, Wallahu A'lam. So the revelation in the early time after speaking about the prayer mainly focused on the following because the, the verses revealed in Medina, the surah revealed in Medina have a different taste, a different flavor, a different theme than the verses and surah revealed in Medina where the Islamic State was established. So in, in, the, in Mecca, Tawheed, Day of Judgment, Accountability, Hisab, stories of the prophets from the past, and so on and so forth. So revelation in the early Meccan stage was addressing Tawheed. 
Tazkiyatun nafs, purification of the soul. Judgment, that this life is short, the hereafter is permanent. Paradise and hell, eternal joy or eternal punishment. Take this, my dear brothers, when giving da'wah to people who are far from Islam, if they're Muslim, they're not practicing their religion, or non-Muslims even. Start with Tawheed. Start with La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, the key to Jannah. And don't start with other stuff that the person may not comprehend. Speak to the person on his level of understanding, on his background. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he addresses the pagan Arabs with examples they understand from their day-to-day life. Likewise, we should do the same depending on the field the person is in. So Tawheed, that only Allah is to be worshipped subhanahu wa ta'ala. That he is the Rabb, the controller, the sustainer, the provider. He has the most beautiful names and most beautiful attributes. He is the only one to be worshipped. Anything that is worship is only for Allah. And worship is only from the Quran and Sunnah, the example, the life, the sayings, the teachings and approvals of the Prophet Muhammad So this is what the Prophet started with. An example of that is that the Prophet said when he advised Mu'ad, when he sent him to Yemen and other locations as well, from other than him, what did he say? You're going to come across a people of the book. So he identified who? Mu'adh is going to be speaking to radiallahu So make sure the first thing you call them to is to worship Allah alone, to make Allah one. This is where we start, my dear brothers. And don't let people control what you speak about. Control the conversation, call the people to Tawheed, even if it's with Surah Al-Ikhlas. A great Surah, a third of the Quran, speaking about Tawheed, speaking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if it's portraying or, or, or explaining to the people what the shahada means. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. Because it's powerful, it's strong, and its meanings are strong. So Tawheed was the first thing. And purification of the soul. To purify oneself, one's heart, from all the ills that are around in society today. And at that time, obviously. Because the heart, if it's pure, the rest of the body will, will follow. As the Prophet ﷺ, he said, there's a morsel of flesh in the body, if it is pure, then the rest of the body is pure and healthy. And if it is sick, if it's polluted, then the rest of the body will be sick and impure and unhealthy. And that is what the Prophet ﷺ said, the heart. The heart. Because purifying the soul, especially from shirk, is the most important thing for a Muslim. And then all the other diseases that may affect the person. And the Prophet ﷺ spoke about judgment. Judgment, hisab. But this life, no matter how long it goes, it's short and you shall face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The hereafter is permanent. So we live and we shall die. You all know the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ where Jibreel said to him, live as long as you want, for verily you shall die. Befriend whom you like, but one day you're going to depart them. This is the reality of life, that it's short. And the wise person prepares for the next life, keeping in mind his purpose in life. Tawheed. Allah tells us, I did not create jinn and mankind except for the purpose of worshipping me alone. So this life is short. And the next life is better and eternal. That's a motto in a Muslim's life. When he comes across all these tests and trials and temptations from all the fitter and all the materialistic pleasures, the worldly pleasures. This life is short. And the average lifespan, as the Prophet ﷺ tells us, of the person from this ummah is 60 or 70 years. Not very long. That's the average lifespan. 
He himself, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, died at 63. Abu Bakr, 63, radiyallahu anhu. Umar, 63, radiyallahu anhu. But how, how much, or how much was their lives filled with good deeds and good actions pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And this is what we want. We want to fill our life, no matter how long it is, with actions that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we want to die in a state where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased with us to get what is the next thing the Prophet spoke about and, and the Quran addressed in the early stage was paradise and hell, eternal joy or eternal punishment. And this is, at the end of the day, this is where every human will either be Jannah or Nar, eternal delight or eternal punishment. And we know that some believers from the belief of Ahl Sunnah, the Jama'ah, is that some believers will enter hell, we seek Allah's protection. But we also know from the beliefs of Ahl Sunnah, the Jama'ah, is that every Muwahid, Everyone who died on La ilaha illallah will be taken out of hell and will be from the people of paradise. And we also know from our beliefs that anyone who dies upon major shirk, associating partners of Allah, is damned to eternal hell. He should never ever leave. So that puts everything into perspective. And that should direct us to what we should aim for in, in this world to attain Jannah, to attain the highest, Al Firdaus Al A'la, the highest part of Jannah. We ask Allah to make us from His people. So to summarize this point and conclude today's lesson, the ayat of the Qur'an offered much in the way of inspiration and warning and advice. The Prophet ﷺ taught his companions the meanings of the ayat revealed to him and he offered them a perfect model, example of how to live by the teachings of the Qur'an. When we are in positions of teaching, positions of, of influence, when people look up to us, then we should be examples of the Qur'an following the Prophet Muhammad The Prophet his manners, his character was the Qur'an. What it ordered, he carried out. What it prohibited, he kept away from. He وسلم, led them from the darkness of this disbelief of shirk to the light of Iman, of true belief and faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by showing them the straight path and counseling them, advising them to hold onto and hold strictly on to the deen of Allah, Islam, the religion of Allah, a complete way of life, the way to eternal success in this world and the next. We ask Allah to allow us to benefit from what we heard. Wallahu alam wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.